Welcome to Empathy Media, the podcast exploring empathy in action. I was fascinated by the recent podcast of the Adlerian Summer School, looking at the question of cyber psychology and whether friends that we have online are real friends or just cyber friends and, and what all that means. So I was very pleased to have the opportunity to talk to a friend of ours, Phil Shepard, about his experience of it in the context of gaming. And it turns out that gaming is a very special case in which very deep forms of friendship can develop. Here's how Phil explained it. Most gaming platforms have a social element built into them. Some of the single-player games started to include uh, an element which they called co-op, which allowed uh, you, and usually uh, with co-op, it used to be four of you, so it'd be you and three others, could actually um, play what would normally be considered a campaign or single-player game, but you could then play it with some of your mates. Yeah, to increase the social, because otherwise, campaign gaming, single player gaming, could just be a totally tunnel vision, you know, solo, locked in your bedroom experience. Um, so they started to include this social side of things, and then that, then uh, once they realised that that was very popular, uh, then they started to broaden that out, so that then they built some games that had you you had the uh, campaign or single player side of it but you also had pvp player versus person so um, in those what would happen is you could have uh, some of the more popular ones like battlefield or um, call of duty you would have quite substantial numbers of people um, all on their own machines in the same shared arena, all battling against each other, like 64, you know, uh, as, as many as that. And it all gets to be a bit, for, for my taste, it's a little bit too frantic, run around, shooting, lots of... So give me a picture. You've talked about, I think, a recent game you've got really into, um, with people being hung on hooks and things. Anyway, tell, tell, what's it like when you go into that? What sort of world is it and what's the experience like to be playing it? And how do the other people get involved? Well, uh, it, uh, what game is that? Well, that that is only the, uh, the uh, there's a, a game that's actually on free trial at the moment, and that's why I was trying it out. And it's called uh, Dead by Daylight, and um, that's a kind of horror um, horror stalking type game. Um, and that is a uh, that's a PvP game because uh, a person is actually is actually playing the part of the psychopathic killer who's hunting you, and you, the four individuals, are all trying to evade this person. Uh, you've got to last through the night, but in order to do that, you you have certain things uh, that you need to do. What the main thing is to avoid being caught by the psychopathic. <laughs> Uh, monster, um, but the other thing is you have to try and repair uh, generators and various things like that. But I only have only literally had a little go at it, so I can't really speak with any authority on it. But it, it's a fascinating concept, and it's uh, part of the reason for that is the uh, uh, mentioning it, it was um, largely because of the unlike television, you've got 
complete interaction. You are one of the characters in the drama. Your actions, you can you actually get rewarded in that game for helping friends. So if friends get caught and put on a hook, you have to try and wait for the psychopath to go back out and then you have to sneak in and get your friends off the hook and uh, quite literally and so and you get rewarded for for all that cooperative behavior you get rewarded for if you if you locate other players and and join up with them so teamwork counts and everything there's various ways that you can help people um, <coughs> so that's that's quite um, interesting and that's where this whole uh, PvP comes into it because you are that's player versus it stands for player versus player but in, in actual fact in that game four of you are not versus each other at all so I mean it's just but it's just a term that is used PvP for what it means basically is real people in the game as opposed to AI. Um, so, uh, in that case, you, you with you could try and you could try and solo it. And I guess if somebody played it enough and really knew what they were about and had levelled themselves up quite a lot, they might stand a chance of maybe soloing it alone. But it seemed to me, from my small and modest <laughs> uh, go at it, that it's pretty much without cooperating, you are not going to get through. So it's a game that really encourages cooperation. So that, that's quite interesting from that point of view. So how many friends do you have well, in the gaming world? Well, this is where it gets to be tricky because, as I was saying, on the, the uh, most games, uh, the majority of games, you uh, access them via gaming platforms. And uh, on a gaming platform, when, when you are uh, playing a game, various games have uh, a, either a cooperative or a PvP element. Um, and sometimes you can be playing, like the, the guys that I'm now friends with, we started playing a particular game. We didn't know each other from Adam, right? But we needed... Uh, to team up with somebody we wanted to make a team rather than trying to solo it because it's much better if you got a team and you were allowed to make a team of a certain number or whatever so we just you just basically you just see a name there or whatever and you think you know maybe if it's if it's like a foreign name maybe you don't go for it because you think there might be a language problem yeah but if you if you see a, a name you think oh that looks british or american or whatever else so you send them an invite and either they come in or they don't they come in you play a bit Maybe they're a bit naff, so you know the next time you play, you don't necessarily invite them. You don't want. To. But I got in with a couple of guys who weren't naff, and we all seemed to work well together, and we started being fairly successful. And that game was new to us, and it was exciting. It was the new latest thing, and we were enjoying playing it. So we decided to uh, kind of almost permanently team up what you can do is rather than just sending an invite for that particular game you can then add those people to your contacts so if you're playing that via let's say steam which is one of the platforms you can add them to your steam contacts and they then become anytime you go on a steam 
that you can access their well they you've got privacy settings so you don't you usually you can access their profile so you can see what games they played how well they've done all this sort of stuff um, and you can send them messages and stuff like that and then also anytime you've got steam open if they come on to steam you'll get a little notification telling you that they've come on or whatever so if you know that your two mates that you love playing that particular game with have come on you might stop playing whatever game you're playing and contact them and say should we go and play that game yeah um and then uh initially that is all um just your only contact initially is usually via typing it's what they call chat so you type on the screen but i'm useless at typing so very slow at typing plus if you're in the middle of trying to do stuff you've got you've got the mouse in one hand and the keyboard on the other you're trying to actually survive and move about and shoot enemies and whatever the last thing i want to do is start typing a message the young guys are brilliant at it they can, i don't know how they do it but they can do all this fast action stuff and type quite long and complicated messages but anyway we decided that um because uh, it turns out that uh, one of the guys was uh, uh quite mature and the other guy's about 30 or something uh, but we decided that we wanted to be able to talk to each other so therefore that then we got involved in team speak so you get there's various d different things you can get but it allows you to talk real time to each other so then you've got a headset so that means now you your hands free you can just do your hands are just playing the game and then you can talk to each other so initially that is just you're just talking about the game you know you go that left side i'll go to right side you know you cover my back that sort of thing but then eventually after a while of being once you're in direct verbal communication obviously you then go beyond that and you start into you know banter and badinage and jokes and various things like that and then before you know it you've been playing together for over a year and on TeamSpeak for over a year and you become what one of the guys suggested to me was saying that whether we are now friends and I was saying, well, yeah, we are. We're, we're cyber friends, aren't we? And he said, no, 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 we're friends. And I said, well, yes, we're, we're cyber friends. And he said, what do you mean cyber friends? I said, well, you, you know, it, it's, you're not like real friends. You're, you're cyber friends. And he said, you're trying to tell me I'm not real. <laughs> and I said, no. But And without realising it, we've gone down a philosophical wormhole um, because it is peculiar as to how you know what in today's techno world who is a friend and who is not and, and we're all aware of uh, the stranger danger element of, of stalking and whatever on the internet that has been big time by the media because obviously because it's scary and that's what the media do um but there's you know again as with most things there's these the, a very small percentage of scary uh, um you know, uh, dangerous people out there, and uh, who are victims, you know, uh, and victims of them. Uh, but uh, absolutely outweighed by the millions and billions of people who are across countries, nationalities, and, and even uh, languages, um, communicating and cooperating with each other in this environment. You know. Um, 
So your friends, do you know their names? Have you ever yeah, met? Yeah, yeah, I know their No, we've never met. Why not? Uh, because uh, two of them live in Scotland. Uh, one guy lives in uh, Newcastle. Um, another guy lives in Birmingham. You wouldn't be, if they were coming down this way, you would, would you want to meet them or not? Well, we've dis we have discussed that now because it's now been uh, just over three years. And so we were saying that it, it could be quite interesting if we all got together. But the, one of the guys who's, because who's, uh, in any group you, you get your different personalities and characters. And the one guy who's a bit of a... He's a bit of a rascal and he's a little bit of a motivator as well. Uh, he happens to be the guy that lives in Newcastle. And of course, because I live down south, one guy in Birmingham, two guys in Scotland, he's saying, well, the obvious thing is to all meet up in Newcastle. <laughs> so we all have to do the travelling. He stays at home. <laughs> and you but, were saying that one test of friendship is uh, whether anybody would know if one of you died. What did you mean by that? Uh, well, that was just uh, because once we got to the, uh, once, like I say, initially you start out just doing gaming communication. Then it goes beyond that. And before you know it, you got to this point where, uh, after about a year where somebody's saying that we're friends. Uh, and about that time as well, you start getting more personal information gets divulged. And one of the things was uh, at my age and um, this 30-year-old guy you know, was completely gobsmacked when he realised that, because at that time uh, was I about 60, I think, and uh, he was just gobsmacked that this 60-year-old bloke was playing games. And um, then after that, he must have reflected on it a little bit, and then he was saying, oh, blimey, so you're really old, aren't you? So actually, you're, in the, you're, you're at the end of your life. So he said, you could die, couldn't you? you could, you could die next week and then how would I know you know if you died and that and that was that's why it came back to this whole distinction about friends and cyber friends because obviously real friends that you're that you meet in your real and local world usually there's enough um, connection for that if you did die then obviously it would be known and um, I mean, that's just, a, you know, that, that's just a natural thing in life, isn't it? It's, I mean, you do hear of the occasional things of very old people who've lost all their um, connections in the real world, who have died and they weren't discovered until four weeks later or something. But as a general rule, the vast majority of people, if somebody dies or even goes missing, it's not long before there's a search and whatever else. Whereas on with cyber friends, it's a completely different, there, there is an element where it is completely and utterly different. Because at the moment there is no, uh, I, I believe I'd, uh, I have heard things where people were saying that there's a difficulty at the moment with uh, Facebook and some of those platforms. Because sometimes the next of kin wants to be able to either take control of somebody's Facebook thing yep. to, to be, allow it to become some kind of memorial, or they simply want to close it down because it's no longer useful but apparently I believe due to data protection they're not allowed to so these are things that we've got to sort out but at the moment there's no uh, there is none of that uh, natural uh, interconnection uh, so if if I did uh, die or let's say a somewhat less uh, dramatic thing if um, 
if I had a, 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 a well, maybe not less dramatic, but an overnight opportunity to move to, like there was that job that was advertised for somebody to, to keep guard of the barrier reef or something, you have to go, but you'd be living on an island, on your own, no electricity, no internet connection. If I had that and they said, you've got to come this weekend, that's it. I didn't have time to talk to anybody and tell them where I'd gone. As far as my cyber friends were concerned, I, I would have just dropped off. That's it, because there's no, no, if I, if I no longer had access to a computer, then I'm, I'm not opening any of those platforms. They can't see that I'm online. I'm not communicating with them. As far as I'm concerned, I've died. As far as they're concerned, I've died. <coughs> oh, look at him. Yes, and we we had a situation recently where, due to the uh, snow, we had we, uh, possibly was the beast from the east, but we had an inordinate amount of snow. It played havoc with the uh, trees, and it actually bought the. Um, the internet line down and then due to the incompetence of the people involved um, we had no internet for I think it was two weeks maybe a, a little bit longer and uh, those one of the guys had thought because we'd not uh, bizarrely we'd not long before had the conversation about what would happen if I died and I said to him, well, that's the distinction between real friends and cyber friends is because as far as you're concerned, I would just go quiet, simple as, and then you've got no contact, no points of reference, you know, so. And then, look, blow me down, that's what happens about three weeks, three or four weeks later or something. Suddenly, I go, I'm off. And it's, it's like... We all get internet problems, you know, and people think, well, it could be a problem with his internet. They give it a couple of days, three, four days. Once it's gone beyond that, you're thinking like, no, that's not an internet problem. That should have been fixed by now. And then when it got to two weeks, they're thinking, no, nah, this is, this is, because he, he said to the others in a kind of a joking way, I think, he said, yeah, he's, I reckon he's probably died. And then the others were like, ah, no, 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 like that. But then when it got to two weeks, some of the others were saying, well, you might be right. <laughs> How do they know? So that's an extreme case, but it brings us to the whole question that's you know, particularly interesting for our channel, which is about empathy. So to some extent, they cared about you. Oh, to they definitely care about me. Oh, you can tell, once you're, that's the, that's the thing, again, it's a bit like um, uh, with emails, you know, emails can be tricky because however careful you are and however um, intelligent and competent at English you are, there's always the possibility that somebody can misread written stuff in particular. Um, and then of course it's always funny that if, if uh, <laughs> I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard people texting, um, especially mature people, who were texting capitals. And of course, the, the, to most people without shouting. <laughs> so why are they always shouting at me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not literally, is it? But we interpreted that. So it, with the text thing, it can be very tricky. 
And also with text, it, it's very difficult to get across nuance and subtlety and stuff like that. Once you're in one-to-one -one voice contact, the only other thing that could enhance that would be like if you had the whole uh, webcam thing going with it because then you'd be able to see people's expressions as well, you know. And how many times in real relationships have we heard the phrase like, you know, um, don't give me that look or, you know, take that look off your face. And it's very much part of the way we communicate, isn't it? We are so uh, adept at that. We will notice if somebody has got a, you know, <laughs> a particular look. On. But so you haven't got that element. So you haven't got the full, but you've got all with the voice. There's definitely a lot with the voice you can tell. From the intonation um, and stuff like that. So why are you still making a distinction and saying we're not true friends? I mean, you've got all the forms of communication you would have with a a, a real face-to-face -face friend, and you're sharing emotions. You're saying you're caring about each other. Why? Why not? Why is this not the kind of friend of the future? Well, it may well be the friend of the future, and the reason why I said we earlier that we we. Uh, unwittingly stumbled into a philosophical wormhole is because there is there is a uh, quite a philosophical element as to what constitutes a friend um, and then also even amongst supposed real friends as it were flesh friends if you like um, uh, most of us may have many people we'd call friends but we've probably only got a handful that we would call good friends or best friends or whatever you know um, quality friends and what I find interesting again with especially with the gaming side of things is that a lot of those people that I would call good or best friends are people that I've been through extraordinary or difficult, uh, sometimes harrowing, um, stressful uh, situations with. And they've behaved appropriately or they've helped, you know, they've, they've come up with something, uh, whatever. This is, and when sometimes, I mean, particularly you hear like military guys saying about it, you know, <coughs> you've served a tour of duty somewhere with somebody, that, that gives you a bond with somebody unlike anything else. Well, now, funnily enough, in the gaming world, that's that's what you have. You, even though it's not real, in a way it is, because depending on how involved you get in that game, I mean, it can be. I mean, I don't know. I've not been in an actual military situation serving. I'm sure that if you're actually there in reality under fire and somebody pulls you out and whatever else that must be a, a massive thing but it is the funny thing about cyber friends is that I do feel quite close to them because of some of the situations we've been in that have usually been uh, in most games that I play they're usually uh, dangerous you know there's an element of danger and you can get uh, killed or um, trapped or wiped out or whatever and you've got um, people that are that you work well with, that on some level, they're, even if it's only in an, a, an unreal world, a virtual world, but they're still, they've got your back, you know what I mean? Well, it's it, a real relationship, it's real cooperation, it's real emotions. It is. 
It, absolutely. And, e and there are even some guys, right, who who maybe they aren't so, they aren't so good at like covering your back or um, helping you if you're overwhelmed. It, you know, there are some guys you think, oh, it's me and him, and we're going down, you know. But another guy, you might think, well, at least I've got so-and-so with me, so we're, we might get out of this, do you know what I mean? But some of those guys can just be so, they're just such good fun, and they, they bolster the morale, they, they, they have great sort of banter and badinage and all that sort of thing. So you like to have them anyway, and some of them are almost like sort of mascots. Uh, for the team, you know, or lucky, lucky mascots in a way, sort of thing, you know. So we're trying to get into this philosophical question of are, are online friends real friends? Then in terms of a number of criteria you've mentioned, it sounds like, yes, they are. Real bonding, real sense of loyalty, real emotion, shared experiences, a sense of closeness. Um, so, and there's a voice connection, which you'd have with real face-to-face -face friends, there could even be a video connection. So what's actually missing? What, I mean, also, let's think about time. You probably spend more time with these friends than you do with friends you knock around with. Well, absolutely, that's a very um, salient point because uh, due to, obviously, well, I don't know, with I was going to say most people, but maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, certainly with me, the, it, as you get older, you don't see. When you're younger, you you knock about with your friends all the time. You round each other's houses and in and out of each other's pockets and whatever. But as you get older, I don't know. It's, it, obviously, children, family, and all that sort of stuff comes into it. But you do that less and less. And then it seems to me that the older you get, the less that happens. Plus also, sadly, some of you drop out along the way and all that, so there's less of you. Um, and then other things happen, like people move away, you know, they finally got, but they get to our sort of age and they've got enough money having played the housing ladder for long enough to buy that ideal place in Wales, you know, but it means you can't just drop round, you know, it's, it's quite a few miles to, you have to plan to go round there and all that sort of thing. Whereas, Inside friends, like you said, definitely I do spend um, much, much more time with them than I do with uh, any of my real flesh friends, as it were. Um, and of course, another thing about friends is uh, that quite often one of the reasons you become friends with people is because you share a common interest. I mean, you may uh, start playing squash with somebody or whatever, and you love squash and all that, and you, you find you, a friendship blossoms beyond the fact that you're playing squash. I mean, I suppose that would be the nearest analogy I could think of to gaming friends would be uh, like people you met at sports. Or even if it wasn't sports, uh, depending on what you consider a sport, I mean, it could even be like darts, but if, if you were particularly into darts down the pub, and then Obviously, you need X number of people for a team, so that's what happens. So you get, you know, and you don't know this bloke George from Adam, but he joins your darts team, uh, and then you know you're socialising with him because you're playing darts, uh, which means you're spending time together. But importantly, you've got a common interest, you know. So you're wanting to, you know, and he's quite good. He gets a crucial thing, helps you win a thing, or whatever. So we've got, else. yeah, we've got the analogy pretty clear now. The, mm. the surprising extent to which 
these cyber friends are like real friends. Yeah. And can be as important to people as their real friends. Yeah, definitely. In terms of the time they're prepared to commit to the relationship. Yeah. So is this the future of friendship? I mean, thinking about young people spending more and more time online, older people too, um, maybe these are the friends that are going to be most important to us in the future. Uh, well, it could be, but the... Um, one of the problems with um, cyber friends, or gaming friends anyway, is that it very often is um, tied up with uh, the games you are playing. And if either, if, if one of you decides they no longer want to play a certain game, but the rest of you are still playing it, then fairly quickly you can find that person begins to become isolated because you know you don't I mean, it's it's a bit tricky to explain but i mean we've had a guy who's been doing that recently and so we're all in team speak including him we're all either talking about um uh we're either talking about stuff that doesn't concern the game or we're all playing the same game and we're talking about stuff in the game, yeah? He's playing a di completely different game that none of us play that we've got no interest in, right? But he is also talking to other people in that game, but we can't hear them because they're not in our team speak. That then becomes a really weird thing. You've got, it's like, it's like trying, imagine if you were sat in a room you're, and you're all watching a, then let's not say a film because you'd be more involved in it. Let's say you're watching a football game on telly. So you're all there, you're having a few beers, you're watching a football game, so you don't need total concentration on the screen. So there's a lot of banter going on and whatever else. It's like one of your mates is sat in the corner watching cricket and he's talking to somebody else and going, oh, look, this is, this is an interesting wicket coming up or whatever. And, and, you, and, it, and it's almost like it's annoying because you're like, no, it's, what's good, that's, that's that's weird. I don't like that. I don't want that happening. And in fact, on in TeamSpeak, you have the way it's arranged is that you have what they call rooms, and then you label these rooms. And most of the rooms are labelled uh, for games. So if you are playing Call of Duty, you have the Call of Duty room. So all those people that, who are playing Call of Duty should be in the Call of Duty room. Yeah specifically for this so that if there are other people playing battlefield they'll be in the battlefield room you can't hear each other so you're not interfering with each other you're getting quite technical now in the game but it, world it but... does get quite technical but part of the part of the thing why i mention it is because the whole thing with friends is that we will quite often we we ignore the rooms because we are such good friends that it some of us can be playing different games but if we're also aware of the fact that we don't, we can be playing a different game as long as you're not saying anything specific pertinent to that game to the people you're in a room with, then it's not distracting. If you're just, you can be playing a game but talking to them about something completely different. So you, you still maintain that. Sometimes I've tried to originally, being a little bit um, uh, OCD, I thought, no, I'm, go I'm going to be playing this game. I'm going into that room. 
And then what would happen is some of the guys would say, oh, what are you doing sat in here on your own? I said, well, because I'm playing so-and-so and you're not playing it. Right? Yeah, but you can still socialise with us. And there was this whole thing about, like, don't be a stranger. Come, look, come to the chill-out lounge. Yeah. You can still be playing that game. So, so there is, that's why I mention it, is because there is a whole thing about where people will want you to be in the same room with them. It just gets tricky when, like, it, it, and I don't know whether it's an exemplar or not, but it just so happens that the guy who is slightly becoming um, ostracising himself and is the guy who I was saying was like, he's playing a different game, talking to different people. He's, he's the youngest guy in our group. But to him, think, whenever I mention anything like that to him, because I do, because quite often it, there'll be just me and him playing a, a certain thing. And we get talking about stuff, and I will mention these things to him about him becoming, he's isolating himself, and, that, and like it's really weird when he's talking to. And as far as he's concerned, that's just like, no, no, that, that's just, there's a whole world out there. I'm going to avail myself of any and all of it, and I can multitask, and I can do it. doesn't matter to me that you're all playing something else and I'm playing something else he, he seems to be of a different mindset it could just be that individual he might be an exemplar of what tends to get talked makes about makes me think that. of something else as you're talking which is if this is a large part of the future of friends in other words if we want to be friends with a lot of interesting people we have to dive into some one of these digital worlds whether it's gaming or something else Facebook or whatever it is because that's where they are. We're not going to meet them down the pub or we're not going to meet no. them in the cinema because they're no, not no. going to the cinema anymore, let's say. Yeah. If that's the case, it's going to exclude a lot of people because either they speak the wrong language or they don't have the technology or they don't know how to work with technology or they hate it. So we're sort of going to get to a more divided society and in a time when we've got the Brexit versus the non-Brexit and we've got the Republicans versus the Democrats and we've got the media bubbles which feed us views of the world which can be increasingly separate. Or the echo chambers, as it yeah. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then isn't this, is there a, what are the dangers you see in this kind of cyber friends world we're going into? Well, <laughs> you've now sort of broadened it out a lot. I don't, <coughs> quite honestly, I actually think that the, the gaming side of it is it uh, could sort of virtually be the the, the saviour of it. Um, a lot of the other stuff, which I incidentally I don't, I I really don't get involved with Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. I hear the names because I hear it all the time on from the radio and all that, but I don't half them. I don't know what they are. Um, I've got no involvement with them. I've got no great interest in them. It seems to me that that is where um, I have done a bit of Facebook. So that's what I can speak about. But there is where you can, I can see these uh, echo chambers sort of being set up. And I uh, have experienced a bit of where you just try and put a reasonable point across. And it's almost like a pack of people pounce on you it's like we're not having any of that dog oh, ain't going anywhere near that side of things you know and we're staying true to this whatever it is you know fundamentalist uh, idealist kind of uh, mindset um so maybe that is more prevalent in those things but in gaming because you're 
fundamentally, the reason you're contacting each other and becoming friends in the first place is because of a shared interest. It's a shared interest, which will be a game of some sort. Um, and that usually involves, um, you know, a lot of cooperation and looking out for each other and, you know, get, watching each other's backs and, you know, being part of a team, a cooperative team to get, you know, much like, like I say, the best in, a comparison probably is some kind of sport, you know, if you join a local five-a-side team or whatever, you probably become quite good friends with them. Not always, personalities clash and all that sort of thing, and then maybe you go and find another team because there's, there's somebody in that team you think, oh, I can't be getting on with that guy, but he's the captain of the team, and so I'm moving on, we'll go find another team. But uh, as for the language thing, you can... Um, hold on, before you go to that, let's just stay with it, because you said a very fascinating thing. Gaming could be the saviour of this whole area, which is full of dangers in other ways, particularly mm. for young people, particularly people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Gaming could be the saviour, which is a wonderfully paradoxical thing, because what looks to outsiders like games which are dominated by aggression and military metaphors and battling and all that, yeah. because it, it actually involves, once you bring colleagues in, it actually involves cooperation, Yeah. then it can actually be a more positive experience than people realise, and actually more positive than other forms of cyber networking, yeah. like Facebook, which are open to so many dangers. Yeah. That's paradoxical and rather interesting. Oh yeah, no, absolutely no. I mean, you know, like I say, because I've been involved in gaming for a little while now, and and I quite often hear on the radio, you know, people going, "Oh, you know, we've got to keep our children off of Fortnite and whatever else," you know. But it's all so violent, isn't it? Why does it have to be so violent? I mean, it's not, you know, they I mean, especially Fortnite. I mean, it really is cartoon violence, you know. And I was brought up on Tom and Jerry, you know, as violent as anything. Uh, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, you know, there's tons of uh, just because you see cartoon characters doing something violent, it doesn't mean to say you're going to go out and perpetrate violence. And in actual fact, in a lot of ways, it it's it's like many things like they say about uh, I don't know karate, jujitsu, boxing, whatever. You know, you channel. You, so, in in some ways, in gaming, you can channel. Um, uh, any violent tendencies you have. I mean, it, 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 they're always going to be, in any walk of life, in any field, they're always going to be sick individuals, you know. The vast majority of people, you know, 99.999% of people open a kitchen drawer, see a kitchen knife, and they cut some bread with it, you know. The 0.0001% takes it out and stabs somebody with it, you know. Doesn't mean to say we should ban kitchen knives. <laughs> You've got to, you've got to get things in perspective, and people really know. Even in the most realistic uh, shooter type games, yeah, you do. Although immersion is is an important part of a game, and you want to feel like you've really been there and done that, yeah. In no way do you then think, "Oh, right, you know, I'm off to the." Um, shops next week and buy myself some military kit and whatever and I have to go you know go to London go to some dodgy pub in London and ask around see if anyone can sell me a firearm or something like that. it's just not gonna happen people just don't do it people clearly know the boundaries between fantasy and reality but and there's you know and we've always fantasized haven't we I mean surely when you where we started out I think where when you watch films when we used to watch films I mean <coughs> Surely one of the reasons why the 
the hero, or now more and more the heroine figure, is so prevalent in films is because that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're imagining ourselves as that person, you know, that gangster, that soldier, whoever it is. <coughs> the problem with films being an old uh, media is that you're rather stuck. How many times has it happened where you may have read a book and you've become, you know, the pictures are always so much better in your head, aren't they? You pictured um, whoever he is, you know, um, Philip Marlowe. You've got a perfect picture of Philip Marlowe. Then they make a film and they cast Humphrey Bogart as Philip Marlowe. And you're like, no, 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 that's not. And that spoils it for you. Well, so in conclusion, I guess we've got to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. It's been fascinating. In conclusion, in your rather considerable experience, games are a force for good. Oh, absolutely. I, th I think fundamentally they are. The, the, the number of, if, the, the more and more now, gaming, because gaming companies, let's face it, they're, they are, they're there to make money, right? We all know that, all of us who play it as well. Um, but they, they know that the social aspect of it is a way for more games now are becoming social gaming. Uh, more games are becoming PvP, so you get actual people involved. And they are deliberately designing their game platforms with the, the social side of the game platforms now. Is they're refining that, and that's becoming much more sophisticated. So irrespective of what games you play or whatever, or even if it's friends of friends, you know, this person is a friend of one of your friends who you, who you have played a game with at one time or whatever, and it might spark some interest. You might go and look at their profile and you might think, oh, I didn't know they play so and so. I might tap them up or whatever, because at least you've got one thing in common. You can say, oh, you're a friend of so-and-so. I, I used to play so, such and such with him or whatever, you know. So all that side of things, I think, is, is just going to blossom and blossom. And then um, the, a, a, one of the other slight limitations at the minute is that just as with the, in the old-fashioned way in the real world with real friends, you were a bit limited by your manner, your patch, your area. And in uh, gaming terms, we're a bit limited by the servers. So you, in our situation, we're generally on European or North European servers. Now, if you try and do something with somebody on an Asian server or a North American server, one thing is you have a uh, um, you have the time zone difference. So when it's ideal for you to be online, they're asleep <laughs> or whatever. So that's a that presents a problem. Uh, but the other thing is is what you call ping, which is your connection. Mm -hmm. So it, it, in an ideal world, they would have servers that are midway. If they really want like more Americans or Europeans to communicate via gaming. You'd ideally need a server that was in the middle of the Atlantic so that you both got the same ping time, yeah. which then allows you to, to, to share something. Because otherwise, if you were working on the European server, you'd have a fast ping time. Your American friends would have a slow ping time. So therefore, everything in the game for them is happening with a slight delay, which gives them a disadvantage. So. But conclusion line, we're heading towards yeah, yeah. a new world of global friends. I would say, yeah, through, certainly through gaming, yeah. It's like coming back to my analogy of, of playing sports, it's like being able to play sports uh, uh, and join various sports teams 
with um, people all around the world, if you want, of different, different nationalities and everything. At the moment, the guys I'm involved with, we've got, uh, we've got a Danish guy, uh, two German guys, a uh, uh, Dutch guy, uh, a Spanish guy, uh, as well as two Scottish guys, uh, you could call it a foreign country. <laughs> um, so, so you'd yeah. recommend it? Absolutely. Phil, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure, Peter. <laughs>